It's the Misdeeds and Intrigue podcast, featuring stories of royals, scandals, and true crime. Here are your hosts, Carrie and Marissa. We're in Monaco. It may be a tiny country, but boasts 0% income tax rates, a world-class harbour, and its very own Grand Prix. You come into the port, and Lewis Hamilton's arriving, you've got a billion dollars of super yachts. I think for certain people who are trying to be a star, I think it's one of the places you have to be seen. This haven of the super rich is less than a square mile in size, but is home to almost 10% of the world's billionaires. Oh, Princess Charlene. This, I have questions. She looks miserable. Okay, we're talking about Princess Charlene of Monaco. She looks miserable in every single picture. And it's said that he's paying her 10 million pounds a year to fulfill her. Well, I don't know if it's a year. It says she got a payment of 10 million pounds to fulfill her royal obligations. What is up with her? She She's not even faking it. She's like, fuck y'all. I'm getting paid. This is a few things I have to say. Uh, another source came out and said she's not getting paid that much, which they were so vague about how they said, oh, no, she's not getting paid that. That much. She's still getting paid. Well, yeah, that's what it kind of sounded like. The other thing I find interesting about her is that she dated this dude for six years. What finally was it because you just wanted to want and then you finally got it and you don't want it anymore. And he's been kind of st- for him to even say she was out of the country with the nerves thing, he's been kind of alluding. It's like he kind of blew up her spot, little privacy to cause this conjecture. So is it down the road? He's going to use that. Or he was seen at a ball with his date being his baby mama of the son. Who's like 18. I think there's probably a new baby mama. I'm just saying that just because a a cheetah doesn't change its stripes spots whatever it has tiger tiger doesn't change its stripes oh my god i'm tired too Uh, Um, doesn't he have three illegitimate children yeah two or three he has a girl a boy and then i heard a third one yeah and who knows that if in like the last few years he's got another one yeah have you heard of a condom do you own one i'm very surprised i did read a book on monaco and i guess it has to be a legitimate heir but knowing that you have that type of family situation and the press and all this type of things. I'm surprised you didn't be more careful. And you're also exposing your kids too, because are they getting bodyguards when they live across the world? You know, what's the situation there? I don't know. Something's up with her. She's not happy. Either she's sick or she's just miserable with him. I don't know. I mean, it, it would almost be worth it. I don't know why he keeps hanging on. Why don't they just get a divorce? I know he's got the son because if he didn't have the son, the legitimate son, which he waited a very long time for, that Monaco goes back to France. Well, she's not even a mother to the kids. No. She's been away from them for so long. I mean, like, who's raising them? I'm sure it's a nanny or someone, but I just thought that was interesting. That was sad. Uh, yeah. Sad and interesting. The only thing going on, I think, right now with the Royals, I think the only thing that really came up is the new reality show announcement. Harry and Meghan, it's like, is it hypocrisy? Or are they going to say, well, we left the royal family so we can control what we show, but they would never have reality cameras in their home. The press does not badger children in that way over there. What I find very interesting is that neither of these two people would have done a reality show otherwise. 
Megan would have never done one because she would have been above reality because she's on suits. Like, had they never met or married, they would not be doing a reality show. The only reason they're doing a reality show is because of his family and because they want to get paid. It's not for any other reason. It's not to spread the world word of mental health. You you could do that other ways. I don't get it. I still think she thinks that, oh, if they show us at home, they'll see that Harry's really the mastermind and I, I'm going to come across as so likable. I was just seeing commercial the other day about she was in some made for TV movie about lovers. She wasn't even likable then to me. No, I mean, I, I, I can't even sit through an episode of Suits, but I mean, maybe I'm missing something. But I wanted to ask you, am I missing something by not watching Bridgerton? Should I go back and binge season one? Uh, I mean, yeah. I like it. Has anyone else read what Lady Whistledown has written of late? Do not tell me that is yet another scandal. Shoot, this one is different. This this subject's my name. <laughs> my name is Lady Whistledown. You do not know me and never shall. But be forewarned, dear reader, I certainly know you. <laughs> The social season is upon us. We shall discover which young ladies might succeed at securing a match. Let it be known, if there's a scandal, I shall uncover it. And share every last detail. Well, I've been saving a lot of those shows for the treadmill. Like I'll only let myself Mm -hmm. watch the series stuff. I watched both Bridgerton's on the treadmill. I watched, I'm watching Working Moms season six, which is really good. Oh, so am I. I I love love Working Moms. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, is like, if I like the crown, will I like Bridgerton or is it just too far of a stretch? No, it's too far of a stretch. It's just a period piece and Mm -hmm. the music for walking into a ball is like Ariana Grande. You know, they take certain liberties from that time period that they kind of change or modify. I mean, it's entertaining. The first one is very sexual. Second one, not so much. I heard they like hump nonstop. Oh, yeah. First one. Yeah. And then my mom is like, oh, the colonel looks just like the Duke. And I'm like, don't say that, mom. It's Humperton, not Bridgerton. Yeah. (laughs) I actually read the books, too. I didn't. I was kind of surprised they picked it to do it because she wasn't. I mean, she was all right, but she wasn't my like favorite author. Mm hmm. But they're doing, they're coming out with a prequel based upon Queen Charlotte because she was the one that was married to Mad King George. Remember that with the revolution? She had like 15 or 17 kids. Oh, that's a Mm -hmm. busy mom is what that is. That's a lot of work. Uh, Hello, my lady. Are you in need of assistance of some kind? Uh, I am quite fine. Thank you. You can go back inside and wait with all the other gawkers. I will, but first, I'm curious. What are you doing? Nothing. You're doing something. I am not. You are. I am not. You are. If you must know, I'm trying to ascertain the best way to climb over the garden wall. Whatever for? Because I think he may be a beast. A beast? Or a troll. And she's the one that, I think she had Portuguese lineage, and they said that there might have been a chance that she was actually biracial mm. i always have to ask myself mm-hmm. what the word is yeah so if you want to 
jump on that train, okay. you might want to watch. Good to know. Good to know. It's, it's pretty. pretty. Yeah. I well, I'm watching Ozark yeah, right now, which finishing it up. No, that's not that's pretty. Pre- not pretty, but oh my god, it's addicting. I I parse it out into tiny little segments. Okay, I get ten minutes today, and for my treat, okay, I I just don't want it to end, and I know it's going to end all of it. I think he's so. I think Jason Bateman he's a stone is very cold sexy. Fox. I did not think he was when we were teenagers. I like to sit. I thought his sister was really cool. No, I know Jason Bateman. Wonder what yeah. happened to her. Yeah, now he's yeah he's a cutie, and he's you know who he's married up. to? His wife is Paul Inka's daughter. Daughter, yeah, I know. He's married to Paul Inka. No, I know. No. Megan, in this interview, appears to be distancing herself from the Netflix documentary series, the cameras that have been following Harry and Meghan for so long uh, now, because she talks about entrusting someone else to tell our story. And that means it might not be the story we would tell. Mm, that's interesting because, uh, yeah, their cameras are there only because of this couple. Uh, they didn't get there by accident. Hey, real quick, just to clarify, the Harry and Meghan Netflix show is debuting reportedly on 8 December. I feel like it's like that Freeform or the old Disney Channel family Hallmark movie, 30 Days of Christmas. So we have that to look forward to. I wasn't sure if that was clear in what we were talking about. Secondly, the other part of this episode features a writer and producer of this show, Cassidy. We recorded this actually back in 2019, 2020, I think. Totally adore her, and we send her lots of love to her and her new baby. But first, champagne. Hello, and welcome back. I am your host, Carrie, which I think my normal introduction says that, but just in case you forgot in the last five seconds. And here with me, I have my producer, Cassidy. Hi, Carrie. Thanks for having me back on. I am so excited. And I love that you and I both are super into the Royals because it's really hard for me sometimes to find people that will come on my podcast and talk about Royals. Like, there, there's two groups of people, either people that are really into it, but they don't want to go on a podcast, or people that have no clue about it. And then I try to talk Royals, and they're like, mm-hmm. Uh huh. I'm sure I don't have as much information as you, but royals are very interesting to me. All of their traditions and just the concept that you're born into a family and that means you get to rule a country just blows my mind. It's like that divine right. It's so different from our system where you get it on merit or how much money you can spend on your campaign, but you have to compete for it with them. It's just taken for granted. Oh, I was born to this family, so I just automatically get this right. They don't have any experience in like a real world working person role. I thought we would do two royals. Like I'll do one and you do the other. And obviously we'll totally interrupt each other lots. The first one is Princess Sophia. I thought I would do her. She can kind of be compared to Meghan Markle because she was a commoner and then she also used to kind of seek fame. But in Princess Sophia's case, she was like a reality TV star. I want to give a little bit of background on the royal family of Sweden. Prince Carl Philip is the only boy of three kids born to his parents, obviously the king and queen. Now, his oldest sister is actually going to be the next in line because they don't go by like the firstborn son. 
they actually go by who's ever first born, which is kind of forward thinking when you look at other royalty. He was actually first in line for the throne for seven months, and then their dad and Sweden government changed the role. Wow, that's insane. Yeah, so it went back to his sister. I wonder how he feels about that. Oh, I came out and dad didn't think I was cut out to be king. <laughs> I had a really good friend that was from Sweden. She worked here at the embassy, and then she had to go back. Her dad took her mom's last name. Interesting. They made it in England now, too, where it goes by birth. I think Charlotte, like, they passed the rule before George, but if George had been a girl, he would have gotten a rule. Like, they passed it before they actually had. Gotcha. That's cool. Such a big, such an older name for, like, a little boy. I know. I, like, when I run across little kids that have grown-up names, like, I can't imagine having a baby and calling a baby Barbara. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to get a pug and name it Barbara just because it'd be hilarious. It just sounds so funny. Can you imagine if it was Princess Sophia that married Prince Harry? Can you imagine how mad oh my gosh. the British people would have been? I don't even actually know because they do love their Love Island and stuff. Maybe they wouldn't have been as mad. Maybe it was more like Meghan's kind of dominating or forward woke style that made them mad. Maybe they would have embraced her. I don't know because they do love Love Island over there. Like, could you just imagine if Meghan Merkel had posed topless somewhere. Oh my god, if you Google it, you will find photos of her topless. Really? She allegedly leaked her own topless photos. I have seen them. And you can totally identify where she was the whole deal because she was on vacation and they like it's not the shot like up your nose like you accidentally took it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this is like kind of like a pose <laughs> yeah. pictured. Princess Sophia. Princess Sophia is a duchess in Sweden has been compared to Meghan Markle, as I said before. Both having a commoner fame seeking past sophia was born to a swedish mother and a danish swedish father in 1984 she went on to become a model and posed for a men's magazine wearing only a bikini bottom and a boa constrictor in 2004 i think they refer to her a lot in the press as topless model that's what they usually like will call her sophia made her reality tv debut the following year on the show paradise hotel which i think caroline flack the one that just committed suicide I think she did the British version of that or something like that. She was a hostess. She apparently kissed adult film star Jenna Jamison, too. Now that's some bragging rights. <laughs> In 2005, Sophia moved to New York where she studied accounting and worked as a yoga instructor and waitress. She had a blog at the time where she detailed parting with people like Puff Daddy and Mark Wahlberg. Oh my gosh, I see the parallels. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, how do you just end up in New York and you're a yoga instructor and end up at parties with these people? Like, that's just crazy to me. Well, it's just like Megan. She was a social climber, too, <laughs> in Toronto or wherever she was. She eventually moved back to Sweden and met Prince Carl Philip in a nightclub in Stockholm. Do you know that the Danish Princess Mary, who will eventually one day when they take over, they met in a bar. Dang. <laughs> it's funny to meet, like, royals in a bar. It's like a Netflix movie. Where is that Lifetime movie? Like, the drunken, hot mess model meets a prince and he turns her life around. I want that Hallmark. It's in a Harlequin novel, honey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Believe me, I've read some far-fetched ones. <laughs> she turned to charity work after they started dating. She was a co-founder of a nonprofit that helps disadvantaged children in Africa. Now, where have we heard that before? I don't know. <laughs> it's so original. <laughs> now, Prince Carl Philip used to like race car driving. He did have dyslexia. And obviously, Sophia kind of came under some scrutiny from the press. He also had dated another woman for like 10 years. And I think they broke up in like 2009. Yes. Right? She was in PR. Yes, I saw that. He met 
Sophia the year after that he broke off that 10-year relationship. I'd be so salty. That's like um, Prince Harry and Chelsea Davies. They dated for seven, but I would be kind of salty to hang in there for 10 years and be like, you know what? I just don't see myself marrying you. Yeah. And like having to be in the spotlight all that time. And then a year later, he's like living with a reality TV star. And from what I understand from him, wasn't he kind of considered a little bit of a bad boy, like not conforming with the rest of the family? Uh, yes, but his dad was also, unless I got the two confused when I was reading, since they both have like the same name, playboy, sex parties, affairs, the whole thing. Yes. No, that is true. The father did do all that. I So he was in a race car drive. I think from what I understand, he was kind of a little bit, not the black sheep, but considered kind of a little bit of a rebel. Did you read anything about whether the family were happy they were dating or not? I don't remember. I don't think they ever came out and said anything. But his older sister ended up marrying her personal trainer. I know. It was really good king material. And then they have a younger sister, too. She ended up marrying someone from, like, New York, and he didn't even get Swedish citizenship or anything for a while. Kind of wanted wanted to have nothing to do with it. I mean, they might have not been very approving of her, but, I mean, with their other two children, like, what what other option did they have? They dated for four years, and then they got married, and then... In an interview, this is quote from Wiki, and you know that's a really reliable source. <laughs> in an interview, he criticized the press for suggesting that, I can't even say her last name, Helkovist was not welcome in the royal family. He told the press that the opposite was true and that his family easily accepted her into the family. He compared the bullying of her past to that of himself being bullied for having dyslexia. You look at the dad being scandalous, and then you look at, they're, I guess, a little bit more forward thinking over there. Maybe, but I, you cannot tell me if they were not like a little bit nervous when they first met her. And would she be like selling him out to the press? Right. I heard that when they got married, his family tried to get her to remove her tattoos and stuff. They obviously didn't think like too highly of her. But again, like what are they going to do when you have a son that doesn't really conform? Maybe they were worried she'd do like a Vogue cover and tell the world that they were in love and that, you know, they just want privacy. When the world didn't even know they were dating. The two moved in together in 2011, were engaged in 2014, and married in 2015. Sophia was 30 and Carl 36 when they married. Sophia has since been called the world's most scandalous princess, which she does have somebody right now who's in the running with her on this on this title. That article I read, the headline was like, meet the princess worse than Meghan Markle or like something along those lines. And I was just like, <laughs> oh my gosh, so dramatic. They're like Tom Byrne, like, hey, you could have had Sophia. Just be happy with Meghan. Sophia said in a 2013 documentary, quote, for me, it's pretty boring. It happened 10 years ago and I've moved on with my life but no regrets experience shapes a person. She has since spoken out about the media's hate storm that surrounded her when she started dating their prince. Their foundation, the Prince Couples Foundation, works to combat hate speech and bullying. Princess Sophia's tattoos, belly button, piercing, and far from regal past haven't stopped the princess from eventually gaining popularity. The Swedish people now seem to love the openly affectionate, sporty modern royals. And they now have two sons. Other things that you had found going down the rabbit hole, normally I would say me, but it feels really weird 
kind of saying that when you're on the phone with me. I feel like I can't really fake it. Uh, Prince Philip was first in line for the throne for seven months, which you mentioned before. The prince and his older sister both married commoners, which we talked about before. The king changed the law so she wouldn't lose her status or title for marrying a commoner, even though three of his four sisters lost their titles. Yeah, so he was the last one born, like Prince Philip's dad, King Carl was the last kid born in his family, and he got to be king before his older sisters. And three of them had to, like, give up their royal highness titles and, like, all their connections because they married commoners. But then when King Carl's kids wanted to marry commoners, they just got everything. But what are the odds, too, that there's, like, decent royals hanging around that you can go and marry? There's not, like, a ton out there. Without it being, like, an arranged... Princess Diana marriage type situation. Exactly. Um, Prince Philip's father, King Carl, was. he's also like, what? he's like 200th and something in line for the British throne. Yeah, like all the royals in all of the countries are all related somehow. King Carl married Sylvia Summerlath, a, f- a former flight attendant. Well, it sounds like both him and his son kind of have like a thing for, like there's a certain mystique around flight attendants, I think. She was the first Swedish queen to have a career before coming a royal, but scandal broke for her also when- I remember this. A documentary came out saying that her father was a Nazi, and then she hired like a documentary crew to tell the other side of the story to like set the record straight, quote, quote. I don't know if it was her or somebody else, because I do remember this story, but I don't remember if it was this one or a different celebrity said this, that, oh, he was keeping them alive because he did business. He had Jews working for them. But I don't remember if it was her or a different celeb. He was accused of buying a company that for cheap off of a Jewish family because they were having to flee the area. But then it came back and said that, no, he bought the company from them and then helped them escape and... Her documentary that she had done about her father was completely different than the one that came out against him. King Carl has also been accused of living a very playboy bachelor lifestyle, like we said. They included going to sex parties and an affair after he was married with a Swedish-Nigerian pop star. (laughs) Now that's exotic. Yeah, that's a little out there. Princess Victoria, the older sister and the one that's going to be queen, was open about being anorexic and dyslexic, just like her brother. I don't think he was anorexic, though. Princess Victoria planned her brother, Carl Phillips, bachelor party before he married Sophia. That is actually interesting. (laughs) Right? (laughs) The article was like, the family was being very, playing everything very safe. And I guess his older sister was like, nope, I'm planning your bachelor party. You don't get to have fun. Princess Victoria and Carl Philip's younger sister, Princess Madeline, broke off a very public engagement after she found out her fiancé had cheated on her with a 20-year-old, 21-year-old student on a ski trip. She also ended up marrying a commoner. I remember she was really devastated. Yes. It was very public to be cheated on like that. All of Princess Victoria's nieces and nephews no longer have royal titles and are not required to partake in official royal duties. Oh, I heard about how he... Charles is trying to copy their new plan. He, King Carl, drastically reduced the royal family because of the purse strings. Because they know if they're a drain on the economy, you're going to vent. You're like, I don't really need a royal family. And I guess this has been like a tension for the entire British family. Because what's the one son that got caught with like Epstein or whatever? Queen oh, of- Andrew. Yeah. Like he was all up in arms a few years ago about like 
his two daughters not being involved enough in royal life. And I'm like, they both have their own lives and jobs. Like, leave them alone. Stop stop going on a power trip. He's like, yeah, they're the only royal princesses by blood, and he wanted them to partake of the purse strings. And they're both doing pretty well for themselves, from what I take. Now, the one that you're covering is Princess Tessie, which is kind of a recent story in the news. Tessie Antony was born on October 28, 1985. She joined the Luxembourg Army when she was 18 and would eventually rise to the rank of corporal. She volunteered to join the United Nations peacekeeping mission in Kosovo as the only woman on the mission in 2004. It was during this time that she met she met Prince Louis of Luxembourg, who was visiting troops at the time. I want to say that she was a medic. In the fall of 2005, when Louis was just 19, his parents, the Grand Duke of Henry and Grand Duchess Maria Theresa announced their son's relationship with Tessie and her pregnancy. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Tessie was 21 and Louis was 20 when they married in September of 2006 after the birth of their first son. Did you see pictures of that? Neither one of them looked like royals. Two teenagers just like getting married. But she's not what you expect of what a royal looks like. She doesn't have the... She's not done up like that. She, You know what I mean? Yeah, she's pretty, but not in like a model pretty kind of way. No, and she doesn't really do it up with the fashion and the makeup and all that. No. She just looks like an, a mom. Exactly. Um, I wonder... I wonder how rare it is for a royal to have a baby before they're married. Oh, I know. I don't think it's very common. I cannot see his family being very happy. No. And I mean, even if you do have an illegitimate child, like, they hide it. I wonder how rare it is for to have a kid and then marry, like, you know, like your typical American teenager story. Like, oh, we had a kid. We got to get married. Because Lewis was marrying a commoner, he was required to give up his succession rights. But I think he was like the third kid anyway so yeah, he was but that's still kind of serious to give it up he retained his royal highness title though and could still do royal duties and stuff i think he just had to give up like he can never have the crown but that was highly unlikely anyway but still kind of a big move to make as a 20 year old i know you don't even realize at that age what everything entails and i just don't think she at least went through the okay i'm speaking from from experience i went through the military <laughs> at 18 I went through basic training, did all that stuff, right? I felt like at 19 and 20, I was at a way different maturity level than my friends in college. For sure. You look at him now, who's been also part of like a quote unquote royal family, which has a certain level of probably shelteredness. And then he's getting married with a baby at this age and giving up, you know, royal rights or whatever. Yeah, it's just a lot all at once. It wasn't until 2009, three years after the birth of their son, that Tessie received the Princess of Luxembourg title. They kind of held off, like, trying not to give her too much. <laughs> I know. And, like, didn't really recognize her, or it was, it was kind of weird. Tessie claims her family was drastically affected after her marriage, and some of her family stopped talking to her because she basically disgraced the royal family and people didn't like her. So then they started taking it out on her family. She said that she still doesn't talk to one of her brothers. Her friends and classmates sold stories and photos from her younger days that resulted in constant unfavorable coverage of the princess. She said that- So embarrassing. Yes. And she said that one of the her classmates 
emailed her like last year or year before last and was like, I'm so sorry that story was fake. And I just wanted you to know that I was trying to feed my kids and I'm sorry. I'm just like heartbreaking. So some of the stories that came out about her weren't even true. Very heartbreaking. Tessie and Louis are both fluent in Luxembourgish, French, English, and German. She has a BA in International Studies, Master's from the School of Oriental and African Studies University in London, and has an honorary doctorate from the Paris College of Art. Louis also has a few degrees, too. I'm surprised they did all this while they were raising little babies. Sounded like they just moved off or, like, to move to London or whatever, and they both just went to college for, like, the 10 years that they were together. It sounded like she'd went back to school and was trying to get another degree in something pertaining to her career, like a PhD in something. That's kind of when their marriage started falling apart, when she kind of got serious about her career. In 2016, Tessie co-founded Professors Without Borders and serves as their director of logistics. It's a nonprofit specializing in international educational efforts. She also founded a consulting service that focuses on corporate responsibility projects in education and female empowerment. The couple was living in London with their family when the pair decided to separate and then divorce. A judge approved the divorce after Tessie complained of her husband's unreasonable behavior. Now their divorce is crazy. I don't even think she had a lawyer. She represented herself and even the press said that she did a very good job and she spoke, I think she spoke not in her first language. She spoke in a secondary language representing herself. That's crazy. Yeah, it said she did. She represented herself. There was one quote where she may have had legal counsel in the beginning. The rest of it, she represented herself. And maybe she wasn't getting any money. So she's like, all right, I have to represent myself. He was sly. He used his family saying that he didn't have any income. His income was like $400 a month or something. And he so he didn't have money to pay her. Basically, he tied up any of his assets saying, oh, it was the royal family's not his. Yes, to his family. And I, it made me wonder too, I get into all the money later. It made me wonder if his family didn't set it up when they first got married, where they were completely dependent on them and didn't have any of their own money because maybe they saw this coming since they got married so young. So in a quote, Princess Tessie said, I'm very sad to confirm that Louis and I are getting a divorce after 12 years together. Despite our separation, we will always remain unified by parenthood to our two precious boys. Like I said earlier, a close friend of Tessie's says that she thinks problems started surfacing while Tessie was getting her latest degree. One article called Tessie a gold digger after they filed for divorce in London, where they were living, and the initial settlement was rejected by Lewis and his lawyers. So everybody was upset that they didn't file the divorce in, I guess, Luxembourg, but they were living in London and had been for a while. So I'm like, I don't know where people find the logic. I wouldn't want to file in Luxembourg either because of political stuff. I wouldn't want to file there either. No. And I mean, they live in London, so she's 100% right to file there. As a result of the divorce, she will lose her title, diplomatic status, and wealth. Prince Louis's family is one of the wealthiest royal families in Europe, and his aides allegedly threatened Tessie, saying that they would drag this case on for years if she didn't take what they were offering. The divorce was settled in April of 2019 when a judge decided that she could keep the family home in London until the youngest child was out of school. Prince Louis is required to pay 
4,000 euros per child per year for child maintenance, child support basically, also claiming that he only has $200,000 of inheritance from his father's $4 billion net worth. The judge decided that his family's wealth could not be factored into the divorce settlement with his wife. So in U.S. dollars, he's only paying about 10000 a year in child support. And for reference, I think I read that Britney Spears has to pay her ex-husband like 30000 a month in child support. Oh, yeah. And he's been and they keep taking him back. The guy wants more and more money. But I'm like, what's going to happen when his boys age out? Because he's just a stay-at-home dad. Yes. And he has other little kids. One of the articles I read about Britney Spears' ex-husband was like, it's not fair that they get to go stay with mom and have this extravagant life and they don't get to have the same quality of life with me. I'm just like, dude, what are you going to do when they turn 18, man? That's what I think. Prince Louis's father has a net worth of $4 billion. And to give you a comparison, the Queen of England is worth only $500 million. And I'm like, who is this dude and why have I never heard of him? How did he get this much money? Uh, Tessie planned to appeal the decision but then changed her mind. She represented herself during the proceedings. Princess Tessie originally asked for 1.5 million euro lump sum to buy a new family home and car for her and her two sons. The prince and his lawyers originally offered to pay 3000 per child per year and to give her the family car but the judge decided 4000 per child and that she could stay in the family home until the child was 18. The judge said the claims about the princess being a gold digger was nothing further from the truth, and Prince Louis came out and said that Princess Tessie had undertaken her role in the royal family with grace and served the family well. Tessie has since been public about defending Meghan Markle and the negative press around her. Do you think do you think he cheated on her? I don't know. I do wonder though if his maturity was kind of stunted at getting married so young. Yes. Oh, by the way, she homeschools her sons. I wonder if cuz her her husband at least said something mm-hmm. nice about her, but was it his lawyers in the palace that were putting the pressure on her or was he like, "Okay, you've been good, but um I'm not well, I'm still not paying you." It's probably a combination of his immaturity and just being used to doing whatever he wants, kind of let him get away with hiding all of his assets and not giving her anything. But you think, it just keeps blowing my mind that his parents didn't want to at least set her up kind of well, it, especially if she was just asking for $1.5 million out of a $4 billion empire. It would have looked good for them if they would have set her up nicely since their kid, his kids are royal family, like, How does that look for them to be like, no, we're not supporting the mother of the royal children either? It's kind of weird. He enjoys six holidays a year and rent-free Paris flat, but can only pay his ex $75 a week for each of his children because his parents pay him just £35,000 a year. That's what he said in the royal battle. Or in the in the divorce battle. So his parents probably put that money into a savings account for him, and he just has a family credit card. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Uh, that's stupid. Like, I felt bad for her, too, because I feel like she wasn't trying to take um, advantage of them. She just wanted out and wanted to provide her kids with a home. And they said that she made, like, 75,000 euros a year from her job. So, I mean, she's not just completely out of luck, but... 
The flat is serviced by a maid and a cleaner, which he also has, like, each of the four siblings also have, like, a joint interest in it, and a cleaner, and his utility bills, television, service, and health insurance are paid for by his parents, Grand Duke Henry and Grand Duke Maria Theresa. The Grand Duke and Duchess also pay their grandchildren school fees and their medical insurance, the court heard. Gotcha. He's also given an annual allowance of 35,000 pounds. Oh, he gets about 250 pounds spending money for each of his holidays. But the prince insists he pays for the flight. So was I supposed to be saying pounds when I was saying euros? No, I think some of these are euros and some of these are pounds. Because it depends on who's reporting it. (laughs) The prince previously received an inheritance payout of... 450,000 pounds or 500,000 something um, euros with the possibility of a further 1 million in euro in the future, although he disputes whether this would be forthcoming. How did they pay for all those things then that they did when they were together? Yeah, I guess mommy and daddy were paying for all that too. She stated that the family had spent most of their holidays in family properties in Europe and could stay in such properties rent-free with staff at their disposal. Maybe they are sticklers, and that's why they have so much money. They have a $4 billion net worth. The wife noted that she and the husband had houses bought for them to live in wherever they wished to live and never wanted for funds. Passports, driving license, medical insurance, and medical appointments were organized and paid for, as were cars to the airport and flight upgrades. The children's schooling and health costs were also paid for, but the prince insisted their lifestyle was relatively modest. In his testimony to court, the prince said that the days of open coffers were coming to an end, and he was, in fact, struggling to find work. Interesting. So maybe he was, like, being legit if they're fixing a cutoff, like, narrow down their monarchy too he said the prince said the custom in and indeed the current expectation my family has been and is that members save for her royal highness the former grand duke jean heir apparent are financially self-sufficient i am therefore expected to develop my own earning capacity and live according to my own means which i fully intend to do it's like that in england too because william and harry get money from their dad which isn't technically state or country tax dollars or whatever they have to have their own assets but your family's been the monarchy for centuries all of that money came from tax dollars at one point but the court heard that despite having a private pilot's license a ba in communications and a master's degree in psychology the prince a former army officer which i didn't realize had failed to bring in much i think because i think he went to a military school has failed to bring in much by the way of money. I think I read that they moved to America for a while, and he went to, you might know what it is, like aero, aromatics or something like that, school. Ooh, I want to find this out. I'm going to look. It also said that he's doing some sort of consulting business, but it hasn't like taken off yet, But which is very interesting to me because I love how everybody loves to consult. And I'm like, with this guy, what gives him like the ability to consult? So he went to the American School in Luxembourg, Richmond, the American International University in London. He went to Burbeck College in London. Oh, he also had dyslexia, too. He was diagnosed at the age of 10. Oh, so now he's working in, he lives in Paris and works as a consultant for some kind of council. After spending two years in the United States where Prince Louis underwent training in aeronautics and aeronautical management and gained his private pilot license, the princely family moved to the UK. That That's all they did was go to school. There wasn't like real jobs. No, they just moved around and went to college. I don't know if I'd want to go to school that long though. Jeez. No, but yeah, and everything was just paid for. That'd be weird because I don't know if I'd want the awkwardness of having to be like, okay, I need to go buy stuff for the kids. Did they just have like a magic? I bet they just had a family card. 
So very interesting. Okay, so we have lots more Royals stories in the future to do because I have a whole list of them. Yay. Ciao, darling. Still too early to go to Tiffany's. I guess the next best thing is a drink. I will never be the woman with the perfect hair who can wear white and not spill on it. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. me again and you thought you probably had enough of my voice by now just a quick reminder to find us and follow us on instagram twitter and facebook at miss intrigue pod follow us on pinterest and flipboard where we collect featured stories from across the internet of royalty chronicles of interesting events in history and of course true crime lastly check out our youtube channel because everyone has one right That features playlists of documentaries and other related segments from our podcast topics. And if you want to hit us up, check out MissDeedsAndIntriguePodcast.com. But we don't have a complaints department, just to give you a little heads up. The podcaster or authors assumes no responsibility or liability for any errors or omissions in the content of this podcast. The information contained on this podcast is an as-is basis with no guarantees of completeness, accuracy, usefulness, or timeliness. A reasonable amount of effort was made to deliver precise data. All views expressed by the podcast hosts or guest co-hosts are their own and do not necessarily represent the opinion of any entity whatsoever with which Carrie, Misdeeds, or Intrigue Podcast, or Larissa have been, am now, or will be affiliated. The content of this podcast is for personal, informational, and entertainment purposes only, and is not to be viewed for commercial use. Misdeeds and Intrigue Podcast respects the intellectual property of others. Any audio clips that were not generated by the podcast host or producer was pulled from the public domain, free use sites, and or from YouTube, or other authorized sites to gather information. The utmost effort was made to credit the author and or production. If at any time you feel that copyright was infringed, please email Carrie at misdeedsandintriguepodcast.com and immediate action will be taken to remove the audio clips that were present for entertainment purposes only.